At first impression is made within milliseconds. I use one study in my work that says it takes seven seconds and you make 11 major decisions about each other. But there are other studies out there with different numbers. Some say it takes 13 seconds, online it only takes milliseconds. It isn't really much about the numbers itself. What is more important for you to, is to understand that it happens. It happens automatically. And it has nothing to do with the fact if you're a good human being or not. If you're in your body or in the body of Mother Teresa, we all do it. We judge each other. Welcome to the Beyond Speaking podcast from Premier Speakers Bureau, featuring in-depth conversations with the world's most in-demand keynote speakers. Hi, I'm Brian Lord. This is the Beyond Speaking podcast. Our guest today is Sylvie DeGiusto. She's an expert in helping you make the right decisions, and we all need that. Through her signature, the Power of Choice framework, and her five cornerstones of modern emotional intelligence, she helps successful organizations grow their brands and bottom lines. She's also an avid boater, the mother of two teenagers. I've got two teenagers too, so I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, and they test her emotional uh, intelligence on a daily basis. She's Austrian by birth, German in her work ethic, French in her heart, Italian in her kitchen, and American by choice. So Sylvie, thank you so much for being here and joining us on the Beyond Speaking podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Today is a very special day for me when okay. I made a very important choice two years ago, because two years ago, look, I still have the original flag. <laughs> I became an American citizen. Oh, very cool. Congratulations. Yes. That's great. Yeah, thank That's you very great. much. And since two years, I'm waiting for the honor to be invited on your podcast. So <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I know that uh, American Citizens being is a little cool and beyond my podcast, but I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. <laughs> so uh, so I, I do want to talk about your amazing immersive experience presentation. It's very unique. And we work with some amazing, some amazing speakers, but this is this is truly a unique presentation. But I do want to get to other areas first. And so why not start with first impressions? So you're an expert on that. How do you how do you have a first impression? What is that? Uh, you know, how do you cultivate the best one? Well, you know, um, a first impression is made within milliseconds. I use one study in my work that says it takes seven seconds and you make 11 major decisions about each other. But there are other studies out there with different numbers. Some say it takes 13 seconds, online it only takes milliseconds. It isn't really much about the numbers itself. What is more important for you to, is to understand that it happens. It happens automatically. And it has nothing to do with the fact if you're a good human being or not. If you're in your body or in the body of Mother Teresa, we all do it. We judge each other, right? And even worse, afterwards, very powerful sources are working against us, called unconscious biases. So I give you an example. Let's just uh, imagine you check into a hotel. We all travel on a regular basis, right? And you walk into the lobby and the receptionist that is supposed to check you in is somehow unfriendly or not attentive and is just typing on his keyboard or her keyboard to check you in. And you already have kind of an off feeling about this experience. I promise you when you go through to the elevator. You will be annoyed because the elevator takes so long. Then you go up to your room. Then you will be annoyed because the room is just next to the ice machine. You, then you walk into your room and you notice that bad smell in the room. And you find that one little piece of paper that the cleaning team didn't clean up. Those are all powerful unconscious biases working against that hotel brand. Because once we have a bad first impression, our brain is looking for proof. We really want to be right. 
and we ignore everything that goes against our initial opinion about that hotel brand or the person that we interacted with. And that's why that first impression is so important because you can set a tone. If your first impression during a customer interaction is exceptional, the human brain is looking for proof too. And you will walk to that elevator and will not even notice that it took long because you will see the beautiful art in the lobby, right? So unfortunately, uh, we think that we make decisions very rational and logically and based on data facts and figures. But the biggest part of our brain is our subconscious mind, supposedly 95% of our brain. And this is where we can make clients feel something, give them something that they even didn't know that they needed it. Mm -hmm. So what are the first steps to that? I mean, is it all just guesswork? Is there very specific things? How does someone go about getting uh, establishing that that better way to do Mm -hmm. it? Well, we are all in the people business, right? We interact with human beings. And I use a framework called the ABCDE that impacts the way how others perceive us. The A stands for your appearance. Like it or not, we are visual human beings, right? Our brains actually don't like to work. That's why they take a shortcut through our eyes. And so very often we see somebody and we think that we instantly know something about that person based on their body image, their clothing, their makeup, their hair, their accessories, the entire visual picture that they create. But to be very clear, looking good is great, but it's not enough, obviously, because then you are going to behave, be for behavior. You're going to interact with that person, your attitude, your charisma, your emotional intelligence, um, your business etiquette skills. For us, very often, those are just micro moments where we run on autopilot and don't notice that we look on the phone instead into someone's eyes or that we let somebody sit down first or last. But for them, those might be huge, huge things um, that impact the way they perceive us. And then the C stands for communication. What you say and how you say it. Your voice is a very powerful tool, for example. And we it's like an instrument that we play every single day. And most of us just play it without ever learning how to play that instrument. Your nonverbal uh, communication, your body language, your facial expressions, the words that you um, use. And then a little bit of a sweet spot is the D, because I always find it's the most underestimated, but most crucial part. And that is your digital footprint. Because nowadays, in most cases, we don't have interactions anymore in person. The first interaction is very often an email that we send out that can get forwarded and forwarded. And we don't even know who makes a decision right now based on that email. Um, What do I find about you on Google? What about your social media profiles? What about virtual meetings? Something like we just how we interact with each other, right? And then there is the E for your environment. The people that you surround yourself with. Uh, or the things that you surround yourself with. And so all of those elements are crucial. There is none that is more important than the other one, although in specific industries, I always recommend to start with the D, the digital footprint, because that is very often the first interaction that we have. And then, of course, you cannot look amazing online and then 
very different offline. You cannot behave differently in the online world that you do in the offline world. Or I often say you can't hang out with the Kardashians if you want to be perceived as the Pope, right? So all of those elements play together and you can craft the first impression that you would like to craft because if you don't control that process, somebody else will control it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that was going to be my, my next one, starting with D with digital footprint because so many of these other things we've been doing a long time, you know, like talking on the phone or anything. And the digital mm -hmm. footprint is, you know, I've been doing emails since whatever, the 90s. But um, the new one, especially with so much with the business social media, with Zoom, some of the, what are what are some of the common things that you can sort of upgrade your impressions? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, first of all, you need to be aware that you can't control it anymore that it happens. It's happening, right? But what you can control is what is out there. The conscious footprint that you leave behind intentionally. And that in the best case confirms everything and much more what you are going to deliver in real life. One of the most underestimated parts of the footprint is, however, the unconscious footprint that we often leave behind, the unintentional one that people are not so aware of. i give you an example. I bet you also have a friend in your Facebook list where you would think, why are they constantly posting? Don't they have anything to do? Don't they have work to do? Don't they have business, right? The amount of posts that you put out there, the time that you spend online, your tech savviness, those are also things that we communicate in between the lines. How much time did you put into crafting uh, an email? right? Um, are there typos? Are there errors? Um, are you seeing something in between the lines that you are not aware of? So I always encourage my audiences to think, yes, that is so, or that is Digital Footprint 101, to think about the intentional footprint, but there is also this big part of your hidden footprint that you leave behind. Mm. That's very true. What are um, some of the the best uses of that? So you you talk about the attentional. So like so you said, okay, tomorrow I want you you can you can be better at your digital footprint. In what way? What's the easiest way for most people uh, to Im improve that? Well, if it would just be this easy, then we would all have done it already, right? <laughs> um, allow me to take you two steps back. Um, the first thing is, I would ask you in general, what would you like to be known for? Brian, right? What is the one word you would like to imprint on everybody who interacts with you? Some say it should be creativity. Others say it should be trust. Others say it should be professional. Each of us is an individual human being that wants to be known for something else. But your bureau, for example, plays a major role too, because we know there is a variety of bureaus out there and there is a variety of company brands listening now. You have to take into consideration what your employer wants to be known for too. And then I encourage you to create a reality check and see is there already a gap and is this really how the world perceives me out there right now. And this is what I do in my keynote to bring those three things together and then give you data based on your industry, what your customers actually expect. So I can tell you, for example, in the realtor industry, the number one word that customers expect is excellence. In the finance industry, it is trust. 
in the hospitality industry, it is care, right? And that is important for you to know so that you also can create a digital footprint then that encapsulates all those four terms. Your term, the term that uh, your brand wants to be known for, the reality, the social perception from others and the expectations from customers. And then I could give you tips how to graph the digital footprint that positions you best possible. Because for a very creative person, that might look differently than for somebody who wants to be known for being trustworthy or works in an industry where trust is very important. You know, most of the time, most of the day, we run on autopilot. I mean, how often do we think uh, I should have, would have, could have said or done something differently? And the reason for that is that most of the time, as human beings, we run on autopilot. And the power of choice encourages audience members to take control of those micro-choices that very often have macro impact and craft an intentional imprint on others that will then enhance, for example, the customer relationship or the relationship I have with my team members or stakeholders as a leader in an organization. Yeah, that's one of those things, like you said, intentional. Sometimes the, the word authentic is a big word right now. And mm -hmm. I, I guess there's this fine line of between being intentional and authentic. Yes. I'm going to say something that you don't, you won't like it. Okay. <laughs> I think authenticity is a lie. And I'm saying that because we all play different roles. We both play a role as mother and the father, right? And then we play a different role as a business owner. And then we play a different role as a, a wife or a spouse or a husband. And then we play a different role as a daughter and a son. And then we play a different role with our colleagues in the same industry. I think what's important is to be authentic in these roles. But what people then very often think authenticity is that there is one authenticity over all these roles. And the reality is, I cannot speak to my husband like I speak to my audience members, right? I cannot interact with my children how I interact with my friends. So I believe in authenticity, but I think that authenticity really means to give your true self and your best self in the role that you currently operate in. And in a professional environment, that role might have limitations because you work for a specific industry or for a specific brand or in a specific role that just, just doesn't allow that you can just be out there fully and nobody cares. That would be really interesting if your kids, if you set it up, because I want to talk about your immersive experience. Like, you're like, okay, kids, get in the living room. And then you turn yeah. this thing on. That would be, that would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Every time I have to come, I come home, I have to remind myself, let go of the stage voice now, because yeah. that doesn't work on my husband. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so could you share, just because it's so different, it's very mm -hmm. cool. But can you share uh, the experience with us, like maybe a little bit how you got started with it, but then also just what it is like at an event and how it's so different? Yeah. Well, how often did you really enjoy to sit an hour through a keynote where somebody shares inspiring stories, right? There is always 
this limit of attention span. And I always have been a very interactive presenter. And then one day I was sitting in Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas and I was in the audience and Cirque du Soleil doesn't use living animals anymore. They bring in holographic animals. And then I, an idea sparked in me. I very often look into different industries to be inspired, not so much in my own. And uh, four years later, a label of love. I'm going to move to the side so that you see a picture behind me. Here is the result of four years of development and research and combining different technologies that now allow me to immerse my audiences into my presentation. Now, it might sound very advanced technology-wise, but the reality is it's actually more simple than you might think. And I invested in all the hardware that I'm going to bring in, so there is no additional cost or so for um, the client. But what I do is, rather than just speaking about the brain and brain performance, I go into a three-dimensional brain on stage and take the audience with me into this brain to show them which parts of the brain are engaged. Or rather than just speaking about how powerful your visual appearance is, the technology allows me that I change my clothes on stage magically. Or rather than speaking just about how powerful your words or your voice is, the technology allows me to adjust my voice, to take away the accent. I'm not sure if you have noticed, but I have an accent. Uh, speak picture perfect American uh, English and just take them into this immersive world and rather than just talking about it, let them really experience the power of their choices and the choices that I make um, on stage. And that's great. What do you what is the reaction that you get from audiences after this? Um, well, it's, for me, it's always magical. So we recommend our um, clients not to tell the audience what is about to happen, just to announce it as a regular keynote. And then once they are in the room, it gets dark, right? We need a little bit of dark environment. And then I walk out and I start my uh, presentation. And then there is this powerful moment of surprise. When the first brain pops up, I hear a thousand people gasp at the same time, which is every time it gives me goosebumps, right? Because nobody expects this. As of my knowledge, I'm the first one worldwide who offers this in this 3D environment. So nobody knows about it. And everybody thinks, what is happening here? And in the next moment, I see it's like a rock concert, to be honest. I see hundreds of phones coming up, the little lights filming and taking pictures and you know beyond the content that is very valuable for the audience for everybody who is in customer facing roles or for every leader in an organization it is such a memorable experience that just everybody is talking about it online and offline and it is truly something that they won't forget um, very fast yeah that's amazing it's just something it's so hard for event planners to do something different I think that's a great advantage of this. And I've also been on calls where you walk someone through it. And it's, I, I always say, I'd rather know than guess. And that way event planners can just know, okay, this is what it is. You've got everything spelled out. You've got videos and, you know, so it's, it's very spelled out for event planners just to take away yes. the worry, which I, I appreciate. Yes. And I'm very lucky that I work with uh, two fantastic partners. 
First, I bring in my AV team. They are located in uh, Germany, but they are available virtual to talk with the client's AV team. You know, it's very often easier. You bring the two experts together and they meet. We have a very detailed um, uh, tech writer with, you know, the things that are in the tech writer, we list them. But honestly, in every ballroom, starting with the size of 500, 600 audience members, those are all things that are already there because the magic is actually in the uh, piece of hardware that I bring in and a little bit of lighting magic. And then secondly, I work with fantastic bureau partners like you who always focus on uh, customer service and give a, an experience beyond any other speaker bureau out there. So we are going to make sure that the clients are in great hands. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And, and speaking of magic, I mean, that's something everybody's trying to bring out. And, and it really applies well to certain audiences. I know you're very, very popular with sales audiences. So how does your mm -hmm. message really benefit those audiences to be able to send them out to, for success? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when I work with sales audiences, usually um, they are very much focused in their sales process on the facts, the data, the figures about their products and services that they offer. And there is no doubt that this is important. You know, you need to know the product in and out of the service that you're about to sell. But going back to brain performance, we know, for example, that the human brain is built in a way that only 5% of it consciously transmit information. 95% of the brain, the subconscious mind, doesn't react on data facts and figures. It is very much driven by your gut feeling, irrational, by emotions. And so what I help sales teams to do is to build up that emotional relationship instantly with the customer on top, of course, of the data, facts, and figures. But the reality is, I mean, how often have you made a, a decision to buy something, although the data, facts, and figures spoke against them, just because you felt so connected to that brand or so connected to the person in front of you or on the phone or virtual, and you knew that you are in good hands, that you are valued as a customer. And this is how I help sales um, professionals to embed this thought process of first and lasting impressions and the customer journey in between, how you can impact that with the help of um, attracting their subconscious mind too, not just their conscious mind. So I'm always curious to know like how, sorry about it, how this uh, all works out for you. Like, was there some aha moment for you that you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to change this, this thing of how I do things myself. Constantly, you know, um, every single day I make conscious decision about my appearance, my behavior, my communication, my digital footprint, my environment, and I'm still doing things wrong. And, you know, your the perception, the image that you create to the outside world is a puzzle piece of thousands of pieces. And you will never have the chance to control all of them. Also in an environment where you work with different cultures, with different generations, with different genders. But, you know, if you don't take care of at least some of it, if you don't control that first imprint, which is a huge opportunity for you, somebody else will control it. Somebody else will control the perception of you and your brand. 
And I don't want to give away that power, right? I don't want to give away that control. So I encourage everyone, including myself, every single day to be more intentional in my choices, because even if it's a micro choice, it can have a macro impact on my business. Absolutely. Well, well, Sylvie, thank you so much for, for joining us, for, for sharing about your immersive experience that you have, for the power of choice and so many different things around first impression. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Beyond Speaking podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It is such an honor to be with you. And thank you very much for everything that you do for uh, your clients and for the honor that you give us because to serve them in your name. <laughs> great. Thank you so much, Sylvia. I appreciate it. It's great to work with you as well. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. To learn more about today's guests, visit premierspeakers.com. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen.